Welcome to the Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, a network for early career researchers. Hello, my name is Chris Hardy and welcome to our podcast recording for the NIHR Dementia Researcher website. This week we will be looking at managing and fostering good relations with PhD supervisors and I'm joined today by Jackie Stansfeld, Robin Dowlin and Lisa Thorpe. So welcome to you all. Thank you so much for coming. Um, first up, Jackie is a PhD student in the Valuing Active Life in Dementia, or VALID, programme at UCL and the Deputy Trial Manager for the Research into Antipsychotic Discontinuation and Reduction, or RADAR, study for the North East London NHS Foundation Trust. So Jackie, there's two excellent acronyms. I'm very impressed by that. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your research, please? Yeah, um, so my part-time PhD is um, with UCL and what I'm looking at is sense of competence in family caregivers of people living with dementia. So I'm planning to uh, update the existing theoretical model of sense of competence and I'm using a positive psychology approach. Um, So that's all really exciting but whilst I'm doing that I'm working on the radar study which is looking at a flexible uh, reduction or discontinuation of antipsychotics in people with schizophrenia. Great, so you're very welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Um, and next we have Robin Dowlin, who is a PhD student at the University of Manchester. And Robin, I understand that your PhD involves working directly with people with dementia as they listen to music. So can you tell us some more about your projects and your research? Yeah, of course. So um, my research um, is an ESRC-funded case studentship, um, which means that I work with both academics and um, industry experts. So I work with an orchestra based in Manchester called Manchester Camerata, and they have a music programme for people with dementia called Music in Mind. Um, and what I've been doing as part of my PhD um, is doing an in-depth qualitative um, work alongside one community-based Music in Mind programme um, in order to understand the in-the-moment experiences of people with dementia when they um, they take part in the, these activities. Okay, great. That sounds like really important work. And you're welcome here. And finally, we have Lisa Thorpe, who is a PhD student at the University of Chester. And Lisa, I think your PhD involves music as well, is that right? It does. Um, so my PhD involves looking at implicit memory and more importantly looking at the benefits of implicit memory in older adults. Um, I'm also looking at this within musicians and non-musicians to see whether musicians have a better implicit memory and ho- hopefully we can move this on to look work with people with dementia and to see whether we can use implicit memory as a, um, as a tool for diagnosed in dementia earlier than we can do with explicit memory. Great, that sounds really important as well. So it's lovely to meet all of you and I think we're going to have some really interesting discussions over the next 30 minutes or so. Um, I should say that I'm less important than all of you because I'm I'm a research associate and teaching fellow based in the Dementia Research Centre at UCL. So if any of our listeners would like to join in the conversation with the podcast, you can use the hashtag ECRDementia. You can follow us on Twitter at dem underscore researcher. And you can find lots of content for early career researchers on our website, which is dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk. So let's get started. So the idea behind this episode is that the supervisor-supervisee relationship is incredibly important. And good relationships can lead to successful PhDs and lifelong working collaborations. But bad relationships can make it extremely difficult to get your PhD. Um, and balancing things so that your PhD project remains yours and not your supervisor's. Can be, can be really hard as well. So, um, Jackie, I'll come to you first. How, how do you find working with your supervisor and is that relationship working for you at the moment? Um, it's 
it's it's a very different working relationship to work with a PhD supervisor, I think, um, because you're trying to manage someone who's a lot more senior than yourself. Um, but I'm now, what, four years in uh, to my PhD and I'm finding it a lot easier. And I think it's as you learn a little bit more about how to manage that relationship, it, it makes it a lot a lot easier. And for me, it's working quite well. Um, so my supervisor is actually based all the way in Nottingham. Nice. Um, so we figured out a way in which we can still meet for supervision, even though he's quite far away from where I am. Right. And how, how do you manage that the distance? Um, we generally tie it in with other meetings. So if he has a meeting here at UCL, we'll try and meet or um, phone or Skype. It's really okay. very useful. Okay. Um, and if I can go to Nottingham, then I will. And we can book in a longer session. Okay, thank you. Um, Robin, how, how about you? Same question to you. Um, so I actually have five supervisors. Nice, okay. um, so everyone always recalls in horror when I when okay. I say I've got five supervisors, um, and so it's it's because I've got the um, the academic supervisors and the supervisors from from Manchester Cam- Camerata as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, with me, it's um, I think very much like um, Jackie had said about there's a, there's a point in the PhD where you start to sort of take the lead. Um, and it kind of I've I was drawn a diagram right at the beginning of my PhD where it says this is the point at which you will take over. Okay. And that's something that I've definitely I I feel a lot more. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the expert in this field by by this point, and Great. so supervisions have become a lot easier. Okay, that recently. Really yeah. yeah. And so what was that? What was that point that you identified? I think it was probably because I've had to sit with my data mm-hmm. and because it's video data, I can't bring the 42 hours of video data that I right. have collected into supervision. So right. it's very much, okay, this is what you. my interpretation of the data, I yeah. can't bring it to show everyone. <laughs> yeah. And is yours a traditional three-year PhD? Yeah. Okay. And so where within the three, H, uh, where within the three years did that point come? I would say it's probably the, the start of my final year, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um because there were still a lot of questions that I had um, during the research process itself. Yeah. So how can I be the best researcher that I can in this setting? Because yeah. it's a training programme at the end of the day. Yeah, I sure. needed the advice, but but now I feel like I can own supervision and it's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you had that autonomy by the end of by the end of your second year and you're ready to kind of take the lead with, with yeah, the project. Yeah, definitely. That's fantastic. Um, and so, so Lisa, same question to you. So I don't. I only have two supervisors, okay. so I don't quite have the extent Boring. of the fact. But I have a very similar experience where you start supervision, and they're very much the expert in the field. And then as you go along, you kind of like they don't get any worse, but you notice yourself getting going on a par a bit. And then all, all of a sudden, it's a tipping point where you go into supervision meetings and like, right, I found this, and I'm doing this, and they're like, oh, I've not seen that before. Good, and you think, oh. Yes, and I think it's it's a very much um, you're going on an equal balance. You, yeah, you get to a point where it's very much of an equal balance relationship yeah. rather than they're the superior and you're less. Right, right, and that which is almost how it is to start with when you know you're yeah. less. Yeah, it's very much because you're going with when you start, you're going with that student lecturer relationship, right. and then as it kind of goes on, you lose that student lecturer relationship, and it becomes less of a you become less of a student I don't know if that's yeah kind of equal working relationship then isn't it yeah 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 so with with your two supervisors do you have one who's your primary and one who's secondary or or is it kind of so essentially what we call the good and the bad so I have the good one that I see on a weekly basis that marks everything and then essentially 
the one that keeps me on track, the one that makes sure that I'm hitting all the targets and okay. that I'm not going too far off the line. And okay. So I have one that I see I've pretty much every week um, and one that I see a few times a year okay. that we have group meetings a few times a year. But it's still useful to have that input from, oh, yeah. from them. And yeah. by bad, I don't mean that they're bad people. No. Right? Just to clarify <laughs> that, I just mean that they're the one that keeps me on the straight and narrow, right. keeps me meeting targets. That sounds good. So, Robin, with your five supervisors, surely they can't all have equal input into your projects, or is it? Is it really like no? That? I have sort of a, a main academic supervisor, and yeah. then um, everyone else. Sort of, I do get feedback from everyone in the team, which can be quite daunting when you open the document with yeah. five people's opinions on your work. Right. Um, but I think there's um, there's expectations from me with the feedback that I want to get so I normally ask questions and some of the questions will be directed at particular supervisors because it's a a multidisciplinary supervision team not everyone can the 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 people from Manchester Camerata don't necessarily know as much about the research methods whereas they are the experts of the Music in Mind program they've been running it since 2012 so it's great to have supervisors that bounce off each other yeah but it yeah it's they know how much feedback to give me yeah. because otherwise it would be overwhelming i think okay that's that sounds good yeah <laughs> yeah and and jackie how, how about you have you got you've got one main supervisor up in nottingham and uh yeah and then i have um a second who i work with so we meet quite regularly um and i also have a supervisor who lives in the netherlands so we meet less regularly okay. um but do speak over the phone and they all have different roles within my phd from quite different angles but that makes it really useful okay that's good um robin so the relationship you have with your supervisors how does that compare to other working relationships you've had previously is it different is it similar um i think it's definitely um there are similarities with other sort of jobs i've had so i did a placement year at the university of birmingham and had a similar relationship with the placement supervisor there in terms of feedback on work um feedback on my performance stuff like that but i think the the supervision supervisor supervisee relationship is sort of a step up from that i think Mm. my supervisors especially they want me to do the very best i can um and so they know what what potential i have and so sometimes it might seem like they're being nitpicky or um asking something that will take me a long time to do but it's only because they they, they want yeah and heart, they want yeah. that thesis to be the best possible thing that i yeah. could yeah do. okay it's really nice you can reflect on that and, and understand their position and understand that they're trying to get the best out of you yeah I think that's really yeah. positive they um, are your biggest supporters and your biggest critics yeah all in one, <laughs> that's <they>? so true <laughs> yeah and so lisa is that is that the same for you with the the working relationships being slightly different in terms of phd supervision than in your other working relationships previously um yes i think it is because with no other jobs supervisors and management's very much of a senior role and you spend probably more working time with them where with a supervisor it's more one-to-one time that you spend and it's very much they know your research just as much as you do they're on that journey with you Mm -hmm. and they're like i said they're there to support you as well as giving you as much feedback and as much help as they possibly can to guide you to do your very best. Mm-hmm. They're there to support your weaknesses as well as being there to 
be there when you're at your best as well. Yeah. So I think it's, I have a good, I have a good relationship with my That's great supervisor. So, like when the feedback, she gives loads of feedback, and at first it's incredibly daunting, <laughs> but it's the amount of feedback that I need. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's just they are there to get the best out of you. Yeah. But it's, it's good that you have that relationship because for some PhD students it might be too daunting or too overwhelming to receive you know, page after fe- page of, of feedback. And so it's good that your supervisors have that, you know, yeah. you have that understanding with one another that, you, that that is appropriate for you, whereas it may not be for, for somebody else, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's good. I um, She always does say on the emails, like, sorry for the amount of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just an expectance okay. now that... I'm going to hand something in and it's going to come back with loads of feedback. And that's good, really. Yeah. If I was handing things in and it wasn't coming back, then I'd worry. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. But presumably over, over time, as the PhD goes on, you'll get less and less feedback. Let's and, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Jackie, how, how about you? Because you've got the distance component with your supervisors to contend with. So how, how do those relationships with your supervisors compare to other working relationships previously? Um, similar to what these guys have said in that, you know, you're working towards a common goal. Um, but for me, up until recently, um, my day-to-day working life uh, was on the trial that my PhD was on. And so I think the most important thing in that was actually to separate out our working relationship from our PhD supervisor relationship and in meetings make sure that we had a clear agenda so it didn't get mixed up and we didn't go off topic. And I think that was something that has really helped to define Mm. the different relationships with the same people Mm. is to just make sure everyone is clear in each meeting what's going to be discussed. Yeah, and I think that's an issue for a lot of people who start as RAs, research mm. assistants, and then go on to do PhDs, which is which is very very common. Yeah. Um, and you know, trying to navigate those potentially blurred boundaries between what is work and, and what is PhD is, is really difficult. So, it can be quite tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And also having the confidence to say to your supervisors, um, actually, can we talk about that later? Because for now, this is what yeah. we need to discuss. Yeah. Um, and I think you learn that as you go yeah. forward in your right. PhD. So I imagine to start with, that might not be something you know, that you'd feel comfortable saying with, but as you, as you develop yeah. that relationship you, you've, we've talked about, then that becomes more possible. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. grow in confidence. Yeah. I remember when I started my PhD, I almost felt guilty every time I had to go and talk to my supervisor. I felt like I was bothering <laughs> my primary supervisor. But over over time, I'm still working with um, my, my PhD supervisor as a postdoc. Um and it's something I really value now, and I really enjoy those conversations we have. So I think, I think as you've all said, the, the trajectory and the relationship does change mm. over time. Okay, so um, Lisa, I'll come to you. What lessons have you learnt in your PhD so far, and is there anything you would do differently if you started again? Um, I think it's the biggest lesson I've learnt is to not worry about making mistakes or not worrying about not understanding something straight away. Because I think at the start, you go in and you don't you don't know everything and there's gonna be things that you, you've never come across and you don't understand. And when you first come across that, it really, you really think that you're not good enough to carry on doing that PhD. And I think it is just having the confidence to carry on learning mm. without making yourself feel that and it's again coming back to supervisors it's utilising your supervisor for that so 
going into meetings and being like, I don't quite understand yeah. this. Can you go through it with me or can you explain? And I I think that's the one thing you've got to learn. Yeah. Like, don't expect too much of yourself. Yeah, mm. I think that's a really good point. So having the confidence to yeah. you know, to admit when you, you, you're quite sure about something or you might you think you might be wrong and having that guidance, which is what, after all, your supervisors are, are there to do. I think that's a really good point. Um, so, Robin, same question for you. What would you do differently if, if you were to start again? Um, I think if I was to start again, um, I having now gone through the process of feedback and everything so many times, it's right at the beginning I used to work on stuff so that it was perfect before sending a draft so I had to be completely happy with something okay. before I would even send anything whereas now I'm very much a even if it's not complete if I've set myself a deadline of I'm going to send work by this date I'm okay. going to send that work because I think it's better to get the feedback because I know that I will get a lot of feedback Right. so no matter what it is that I submit as a first draft mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do a lot of work to. Mm-hmm. so I yeah set myself a deadline and okay give that deadline to my supervisors so they're expecting okay. the work to drop in their email in their inbox on that day um and so yeah and also not put yeah like not putting too much pressure on yourself like mm. at the end of the day there's more to life than your mm. phd right and it might not yeah. seem like it at some <laughs> point like sometimes it seems like the be all and end all but yeah. i think that's something that sometimes the phd has a tendency to take over for me and i've got to learn that yeah. maybe when i go through the door after coming back from the office that's time to put my computer away and yeah. have some me time <laughs> I, have said, I think Jack, Jackie and Lisa were both shaking their heads when he said there's more to life than <laughs> so maybe I'm the only one who feels this way but you know <laughs> my supervisors would say otherwise maybe <laughs> um, yeah that, that, thank you I think that's a really good point so, and so Jackie same question to you what would you do differently if you were to start all over again perish the thoughts <laughs> gosh um, no I completely agree um, I think there's a massive imposter syndrome with PhD students and you just think you go into this meeting with your supervisors who you think know so so much more than you and you feel um, you feel so anxious about getting something wrong and then I've just realized that it really doesn't matter my work doesn't have to be perfect in fact my supervisor once turned around to me and was like can you stop like holding on to your work I actually do want something to comment on so can you not try and make it perfect because then you take away my job which is to improve your work um and I think something I've really learned and if I could go back again I'd implement it sooner is that you can challenge your supervisors so if you don't agree with a decision they make or if if they tell you to go in a direction that that you don't feel that your PhD should go in challenge them because they want you to and and you you should be learning to be an independent thinker and at the end of the day you're the one standing there at the end with your PhD Um, and I didn't learn that until recently is that it's okay to challenge your supervisor it's okay to have your own opinion Um, yeah so I think that that I'd definitely like to take that into account if I started again yeah I think those are really good points and I think again it comes back to having that confidence to challenge your supervisors and you may not be able to challenge him or her you know, to start with but as you develop that relationship and over time maybe around the beginning of year three when you have that kind of turning point mm. it may maybe as you go forward you do have that confidence which I, I agree is really important mm. and uh, you also touched on imposter syndrome which I think is, yeah. is uh, a, a really important thing Robin you're not nodding would you like yeah, to yeah I, I, I think I'm at the end of my first year I ended up writing a blog post on okay. imposter syndrome and the techniques that I have okay. to manage my own imposter syndrome because sometimes it's just ridiculous I'll sit there thinking 
oh, it was only me who applied for this PhD. They only chose me because I was their only option. Um, But one of my main strategies that I use now is whenever I get something that's particularly positive in terms of feedback, I have a little notebook that I write it down in. Okay. So when I'm feeling like an imposter, I can literally turn to the page in the book and it says, no, you're not an imposter. Look, these are all the good things that have been said about your work. That's brilliant. Yeah. So that's something I always say to everyone. Just keep a note of the positives. That's that's a lovely idea. I think because academia is so rife with rejections from, Mm. you know, grants, papers, um, applications for, for various things. I, I think you know, having that record of when things do go well and mm-hmm. when you do have positive things that kind of affirm that you know maybe you're not an imposter yeah, after all, maybe definitely. you do, do deserve <laughs> to be doing that PhD. I think yeah. that's really good. Okay, great. Um, so maybe this would be it, but I was going to ask you what your um, what your one piece of advice y- you would give to somebody in their first year. Um, and also, what piece of advice would you give to somebody in there, uh, uh, somebody who's a supervisor who, who may be listening as well? So, Robin, um, I would say the advice for someone who is in their first year would be: don't struggle on by yourself. Like, even if you feel that you can't go to your supervisors about an issue, there are so many other support networks within a lot of universities where you can get help and support. Even peer relationships. Like, I have very good relationships with the other PhD students in my department who mm. sometimes you just need someone outside of the supervision team to just say this is what I'm going through have you got any similar experiences advice anything like that mm. um but also yeah if you are really struggling make sure you do go to your supervisors and say because it can sometimes I feel like I went quite quiet in my first year okay. like there would be like three or four weeks where I'd have no contact at all with mm. anyone and those were the weeks that I struggled in because mm-hmm. I didn't know whether or what I was doing was right. Yeah. Um, and then for advice for supervisors is, I think sometimes I struggle with the amount of track changes that okay. I get <laughs> in a document. And even if even if the track changes were changed from the red track changes yeah. to like a purple okay. or a blue, okay. that might be a nice thing to open my sort of oh, open the document to. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> Supervisors, stop using red. Yeah, red is Please stop using not red. a nice colour. Okay. <laughs> Just a green or an orange, yeah. like, you're in the right direction. But. But I, I think that is a feature within Microsoft Word. I think that mm. that, that is maybe achievable, so we, yeah, we, we can fix can that right them, now. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you very much. But would you prefer it if your supervisor didn't use track changes and just edited it directly? I like to see track changes, but mm. it's just, it's the red that is... Okay, it's just the colour <laughs> red. Well, it's overwhelming, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> okay. Um, thank you very much. Those are both really good pieces of advice. And Lisa, same question to you. So advice for someone in the first year and uh, a supervisor who may, who may be listening. Um, so advice for someone in the first year is to take some new time. Don't think that just because you're doing a PhD, you have to work seven days a week. <laughs> I know it feels like it. I'm being very like hypocritical right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and it feels like it, but having a day off is more beneficial than struggling through that seventh day of work. Mm. You'll get more done the following week if you have that time off for yourself. Mm. And I think it's only taken me till recently to realise it's all right just to put your computer away and just come back to it. Yeah. And then you'll be far more productive when you are doing it than just struggling on and just staring at a screen for ages. Mm. Um, so that would be my advice to somebody the first year. And my advice to supervisors, again, don't use red. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a 
big thing. Um, I think I'd be very similar to to you. I think it is about the le the feedback that you get. Yeah. With, with supervisors, I think that's very important. So I think as well as having all the feedback, I think sometimes having those positivities as well within your feedback, I think goes a long way. Mm. Even if it's just one in there, it's kind of it goes a long way. So I think I think it would be again to feed the level of feedback positives and negative I okay think. Mm. i think that's really good advice and so jackie coming to you do you ask the same question um so for someone in their first year um what i would say is it's completely normal to feel lost um particularly in your first year when you're planning and you're not entirely sure what your phd is going to look like um i think that's completely normal and the the advice would be to just push through um, look at other PhD thesis and talk to your supervisors and try and plan it out but you know accept that feeling of, of being slightly lost because that's okay and it, it will work itself out in the end um, and to supervisors I think one of the main things would be to communicate with the people that you're supervising so if you've got a major grant application that's going to take up all your time just mention it to the people that you're right. supervising so that they know that you're busy and it's not just radio silence I think that can be really helpful just that level of communication if someone sends a piece of work saying you know what I'm not going to get this back to you right. in two weeks I'm going to need longer and I think that would go quite a long way for the supervisory relationship right again great advice thank you so we've got you know, very much time left that's flown by has anyone got any last minute tips or anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to say maybe you'd like to finally take this opportunity to spill the beans on <laughs> I would say something I found really helpful is to set my supervisor's deadlines Okay. Um, and I think a lot of PhD students don't feel like they can do that right, right. Um, but it is so helpful and to write minutes of your meetings okay. mm -hmm. so you have a log of what you've agreed so that if your supervisor changes their mind mm. Um, it's much easier for you to say, oh, but last week we agreed this, right. if you've got it minuted. And I think this is so, so helpful and it's helped me a great okay, deal. That's really good advice. Yeah, I completely agree with that mm. as well. Like my supervisors actually said to me, you need to write deadlines in your emails yeah. when you send us stuff. Okay. You need to tell us okay, when really you want this this, inf this feedback for, like, because they're, they're so busy with exactly. so many different things. They're supervising so many students, but if they can put a little thing in their calendar to say feedback to Robin on mm. this date then it and also it gives you an, an awareness of when you're going to get the feedback because yeah. I think that's something that can be quite scary is Absolutely. not expecting feedback yeah. and it popping into your <laughs> inbox at yeah, 8 o'clock yeah. in the morning that's quite a scary thing nice. <laughs> yeah it just sets the expectations doesn't yeah. it of everyone everyone knows what they're doing and when work needs to be back by and I think it just makes it so much easier when it's clear yeah mm. yeah I'm quite lucky because my eye my supervisor is quite quick with feedback. That's good. Yeah. And I see it because we do, I, we work to every other week. I have meetings with her every other week, but more or less I see her with some issue <laughs> every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's quite good at feedback or it's quite good. We go through feedback sometimes in our meetings, mm. which is also quite good because mm. you get a deeper understanding Mm. and that can so my very first piece of feedback we actually went through 
in the meeting and at the time it felt quite brutal to do that (laughs) because you go through everything that's essentially wrong with what you're doing but it helps so much with your writing in the future and you learn so much quicker on what not to do and it improves so I'm quite lucky in that sense that I have quite a quick turnover Mm. with feedback yeah and I think like you say if you can so I tend to work my draft deadlines around supervision so I'll tend to try and submit something like Mm. 10 days before a supervision so that people have a chance to look at it either send me back comments or not if they want to just bring it up in supervision Mm. that's also fine Mm. um but it just helps that everyone has it and we can talk about it in that in that time because sometimes when you just get the comments it's it can be hard to make sense of them right Mm. so being able to bring the document to supervision and say what did you mean by this or if if you have a comment like this could be clearer it's being able to say what can I do to make it clearer Mm. rather than that getting Mm. a document with comments and not being able to ask questions to the document (laughs) you know what I mean okay Mm. thank you Uh, just uh, something that you said Jackie resonated with me was when I about taking minutes with your supervisor when I first started uh, and Jason Professor Warren doesn't know this but I actually used to dictaphone to record our meetings to start with (laughs) and so sorry Jason if you're listening but that was that was incredibly helpful for me um, you know, going back to, to our discussion later on, mm. trying to process what we'd talked about later. Anyway, that, that's it. That's all we have time for. So thank you so much to all of you. I know you've travelled a long way, some of you, so thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had a really interesting discussion, I think, and we've talked about you know, there being a turning point, perhaps, at the beginning of year three, where you know, that relationship with your supervisor changes and, and you start to take the lead. Mm. Um, I think we touched on imposter syndrome, which I thought was, was really interesting, and I really liked your idea Robin about having a kind of a book of good things that happen and going to that book every time uh, things aren't going quite as well as, as you deserve or, or would like um, so thank you so much to Jackie Sansfield, Robin Dowlin and Lisa Thorpe and to our listeners please remember to subscribe to this podcast through SoundCloud and iTunes tell your friends and colleagues and share via social media using the hashtag ECR Dementia thanks very much thank you thank you <laughs> a podcast brought to you by Dementia Researcher. Everything you need in one place. Register today at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk.